Geekade has teamed up with the Colorectal Cancer Alliance for the fourth annual Pain in the Assathon. It's a 24-hour video game marathon for charity. Help us kick colon cancer in the ass by donating at pitathon.com. That's P-I-T-A-T-H-O-N.com. And tune in to the Pain in the Assathon starting at 10 a.m. on Saturday, August 10th. You can watch it live on Twitch and donate as Geekade staff play games like Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Contra, Cuphead, and I'll be playing Mega Man X at 8 p.m. on the 10th, and we'll both be playing the X-Men Arcade game at 9 p.m. on the 10th. There's going to be rewards, auctions, special guests, and it's all for charity. Even the smallest donations count, so tell your friends and stay tuned to Geekade and Mutant Musing social media, because the pain in the assathon is just days away. And don't forget, you can donate at pedathon.com. It was the hawks of times, it was the pox of times. A quote from famous author Charles Jonathan Dickman. Welcome to episode 53 of the Mutant Musings Podcast. It's the beginning of August 2019, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my questionable headwear... Patty! Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com, leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes, or anywhere else you find our podcast, follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. Leave comments and opinions, ask us questions, send pizza, bop it, twist it, pass it, and speaking of it... Fuck! I sure just said that bad word. Can you fucking believe it? Oops, I did it again. Oops, I did it again. It's Britney, bitch. If you can't take the fuck, get out of the fuck room. The fuck is a fuck room, you fucking ask? The fuck room is where you fucking fuck, you fucking fuck. So there's your explicit content warning. I have a question for you. Not if about what if you it's, just said. If it's where's the fuck room, I don't want to curse at you. Just, just, no. No, it's something separate. How do you know that Mega Man X uh-huh. is red Mega Man X and not Mega Man 10? <laughs> Perfect question. I was going to wait to talk about that later. <laughs> so thanks for bringing that up now. <laughs> so maybe that was the Mega Man 10 that we got all along. <laughs> Mega Man was inside us all along. Yes. Yeah, Mega Man was... The Mega Man was the friends we found along the way. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so how you doing, Patty? I'm not going to read it, Powers of Ten. That's not what it says. Uh Uh-huh. It says Powers of X. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm going to say Powers of X. If they wanted to call it Powers of Ten, they could have called it Powers of Ten, but that's not what they fucking called it. But really, what is language, Patty, but just a bunch of human rules, okay? Tell that to Cypher. What? (laughs) <laughs> but he can speak any language. Yeah. How do you think he read it? You think he, he probably knew? read it Powers of X and then, you know, just fucking whipped his cock out and slapped yep. Hickman in the face. Sounds exactly like Cypher. I know. If there's one thing <laughs> I think of when I think of Cypher, it's him whipping his dick out. He used to do that back all the time when he was in New Mutants. You know that's why they killed him off, right? <laughs> Behind the scenes friction between the cast members. Friction! <laughs> what? friction over his dick dick friction <laughs> and they you know they wear those yellow underwear over their costume you can so combine, it's for easy access if you combine dick and friction you get diction, diction. which is his power <laughs> diction isn't his power but all it's, right it's close it's like dictionary 
<laughs> without the airy. Yeah. Just the diction. Yeah. And diction means like how you pronounce things. Yeah. So that's kind of what he does. Yeah. That's it? That's all you got to say? Cypher's dick and then jump right into the comic. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since we recorded. We went to... Uh, we went to a... Uh, we, we went to a thing. We went to, uh, we went to Washington, D.C. Yes. And uh, we went to uh, Otakon. It was fun. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. It was a lot of money, so it was, it was a good time. I have to say that to justify it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't suck complete ass. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have minded a little ass sucking on the trip. Yeah. If I'm going to be honest, you know, a little extra bang for the buck. <laughs> but, uh, but it was good. My favorite part, though, I have to say, my favorite part was on Saturday when we were there. I was wearing a, a pusheen, Kigurumi. We met up with one of Patty's friends, and the two of them, you know, can just talk lots. And I talk very little, despite despite how I may sound on the podcast. I am not big at talking. Those are words. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> so I had nothing to really contribute. So I was like, we were in the 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 gaming room. All, all these video games set up from various generations and arcades and consoles and tabletop. And it's, it's really awesome. It was, it was a great convention. But I was like, you know what? they they got to have Mega Man somewhere here. Um, I, I, I love Mega Man. And I was like, I'm going to go walk around. I'm going to go see where there's Mega Man. And so I found it. So there was a TV set up with uh, you know, a bunch of chairs in front of it. And some dude was sitting there and he was playing Mega Man X. And uh, uh, Excuse me. It's pronounced Mega Man 10. <laughs> He was not doing very well, but then he gave up. And uh, so then I sat down and I beat the entire game. Yeah, so <laughs> I was I was talking to my friend Chrissy, who lives like an hour away from me, but we met like five hours away from where we live. Sure. So she messaged me and she's like, oh, hey, I'm in the game room if you want to meet up. And I was like super excited because I've been talking to her for a few months on Facebook through a friend of a friend of a friend. And she's, like, vegan, and she's super cool, and, yeah, I was, like, stoked to meet up with her. We were both just, like, you know, talking nonstop, and then after, you know, Jonathan left, and then we were still talking for a while, and she's like, oh, I have to find my boyfriend because he has my bag or something like that. And I was like, okay, we'll we'll catch up another time. So I went to buy a beverage, and then I went uh, looking around for Jonathan, and I got there, and he was on the last Maverick before Sigma. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was I was gone for, like, 20 minutes, and you beat Mega Man X already. <laughs> it was pretty cool. There were there were a few people watching. Some people trying to mansplain it to you. Yeah, so that was, you, that, that was you cute. You understand what that's like now a little bit. <laughs> Jonathan, who's, like, hasn't lost any lives and is just playing through Stop. Mega Man 10. It wouldn't... It, I, I didn't do as good as I could have done. But still, yeah, it was it, it was a blast. As stupid as it sounds, I was at this convention. You know, we had, a, we had a good time walking around and seeing people and buying stuff or whatever. But just, like, just this, this room is just fucking amazing. Uh, the lights everywhere and the fucking arcades and get, and just like everybody dressed up and it's just it's just such a great atmosphere. So to be sitting there wearing my Pusheen Kigurumi in cosplay uh, and beating Mega Man X, you know, like 500 miles from home uh, with people watching, it was so dope. It was, it was so dope. Uh, it was the greatest fucking feeling. So Jonathan wasn't feeling good on Friday, so he wasn't sure if he was going to go. So I ended up taking a train and also renting a scooter. So... I got a whole weekend of 
driving the scooter around I was so and it was scared. so much fucking fun I was so fucking scared for Patty it was safety. so fun i was like launching myself off yeah. of all the ramps at full speed and not realizing that you were like in reverse and like backing up into me <laughs> yeah it's fantastic smashing into tables knocking yeah. over antiques it was fun yeah oh lots of fun <laughs> i need to get me one of those yeah yeah great there's uh there was our fun but now time for the real fun. We got a bunch of new comics to talk about. This episode is going to be a fucking marathon, so we might as well start it off. And we're going to start it off with Age of X-Men Omega, uh, number one. But yeah, we can't talk about the new stuff without talking about a couple of the things that concluded. Everything that was just going on with the X-Men. But overall, I did like Age of X-Men Omega. You know, what I thought, though, was kind of silly. I do I do want to point this out, was how... There was a question of Danny from the very beginning. Yeah. How she was in two places at once. And it turned out that, you know, because Nate and Danny had had a thing. What was that? In volume three of yeah. the Mutants? So, so they were in love. And so Danny was in Age of X-Men because she wasn't really there. It was just that the love was... the Still love part the, of him. The love she was for part Danny of him. was inside him all along. So, Hot. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought that was a little silly. I feel like they could have done without having Danny there. They're not like, you know, it's not one of those power couples, you know, that you think of when yeah, you think of yeah. the X-Men. I'm not trying to say that, like, oh, it doesn't matter at all, but it just... It wasn't it felt... that long. Yeah, like... it didn't feel like... Mm, I don't know. I mean, when we when we first saw, like, the preview art for the titles that were coming out for Age of X-Men, I was like, that looked like Trinary. You know, and I'm not trying to shit on the artist, uh, the cover artist, but it kind of looked like Trinary. And I was sort of hoping yeah, no, I that it was Trinary. Thing. I was like, please. So that's what I thought. And uh, it was a little silly. But I liked, you know, the back and forth that they all had, that it wasn't just like nonstop action. It's okay because, I don't know, there needed to be some dialogue. And I thought it was really funny that while all the talking was going on, Apocalypse, there was like one panel with him where he's just standing there with his arms folded. Like finally back to being a big bad boy. Storm said, oh, maybe it's better if we leave Apocalypse here. <laughs> I thought that was rude. That <laughs> dude is standing right there. You know he what I mean? Didn't even, he didn't even say anything. Like, bitch, please. That's, <laughs> yeah, that is Apocalypse's catchphrase. <laughs> as we all know. That is what uh, Louis Simonson intended back in the day. <laughs> um, so, but they brought up a good point that, you know, um, the mutants that you saw in Age of X-Men that were, like, new, they only exist in that world. And so when things go back, they're not going to exist anymore. So you're kind of killing people, you know? And that was that was a really interesting point that I, I wish I could have seen them struggle with a bit more. You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking, like, like we kind of gushed a bit about Nozomi. Like, oh, she was great. And I even, like, threw this out there on social media. I'm like... I bet it won't happen, but I'd love to see her, you know, come back to the 616 with everybody. Jean was just like, yeah, that's sad and all, but they're not actual people. Like, they may think that they have lives, but they're, you know, they can't exist without Nate. So they're not like real people. And it's like, meanwhile, in the real world, that is they're like racist and genocidal. <laughs> I mean, so says the woman who ate a planet full of people. Of course she did. They're not, these aren't real people. Who cares? They're well, expendable. she didn't say that they're not real people. She just said that, that, you know, there's like actual, like a 
there's an actual like war going on in the real world and they need to fight and help their friends. You know, a few of them wanted to stay in this world. Oh my god, yeah. Nature Poor Girl, Nature Girl. Nature Girl was crying. My heart sank when I saw that. And yeah, that was really sad. I don't know. What I thought about at at the end though, was this this whole thing with Magneto and Nate was was kind of weird, you know, because everybody went back and they seemed to be alone and then like the the seemingly 616 Magneto like walks into the light and then he comes back out and he looks like the Age of X-Man Magneto. You know, he like Nate's alive, they're sitting in this house and they're talking and he's like, "Oh, we're going to get this right. No X-Men, no tyranny or false prophets." So I was like, "Does this world still exist?" And like this thing is is like we we see Magneto is back in the 616. So what is what is this? Is this another construct? Is is Nate just fucking playing around? Like that was that was really weird. I don't know. I was just really confused with what they were talking about and how they were like having plans for like a new world kind of thing. Yeah. Is there going to be plans for this because in what we have now with Hawks and Pox, it has nothing to do with any of that. So, right. is this just going to be like a discarded plot point that people are going to forget about in two months? Or, like, are we going to come back to it in, like, three years after Hickman's grand plan is over? So that's what I'm thinking. See, what I what I think maybe is, like, this isn't going to pick up, like, anytime soon. That, that That's a dangling plot line that they purposely left for somebody in the future to possibly come back to. I don't know. I well, it'd be stupid if they didn't come back to it. I didn't dislike that. I thought it was sort of interesting, and it, it was like, I don't know, I, you know. I, I didn't really know what to make of it. It was a little confusing, but I thought it, that it was really interesting. No, I, I enjoyed it. Overall, I mean, like, you kind of you kind of see how, like, somebody is trying to project this version of a perfect world onto everybody and, like, how there's pushback. And, like, you can't tell us to repress our natural instincts. People are People have to experience bonds. They have to experience pain, disappointment, mistakes. And they can grow from that. Like, you can't just have this, like, perfect world where nothing bad happens all the time. Because even when you try to make that happen, like, here's an example. Shit got fucked up. Uh, People are still trying to have relationships. There's still fucking, you know, people being shitty to each other. Um, They're still lying. They set a fucking forest on fire, you know, just to make it look like the X-Men had something to do. Like, that's not nice. That's, uh, only you can prevent forest fires. That's right. Smokey the Bear would be so upset. So, but any, anyway, getting back to the point at hand is I, I liked Age of X-Man Omega. Um, I thought it was a pretty good conclusion. Uh, I wasn't, you know, really disappointed that there wasn't a shit ton of action. Uh, there was really some funny parts too with like Gabby driving the car. I'm kind of sad that it's over. I mean, it was kind of a blast you know, while it was going on. Yeah, no, and I, I've seen people on Facebook and stuff say that like, because uh, somebody will ask, like, oh, do I need to read Age of X-Men before I read the Hickmans, yes. whatever. And the answer is yes. No, but a lot of people <laughs> are like, oh, if you want to see what a bad X-Men story is. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This story was awesome. It was. And, um, I mean, not every book in the series was, like, amazing. Right. But I still really liked this event. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun, especially now that it's over and we started the new thing i am i'm like can we have more of age of x-man please (laughs) 
So, next up, we're going to be talking about Uncanny X-Men number 22. The last one. She's the last one. It was... The last X-Men story. Certainly a comic. (laughs) Patty, we were talking about this in the car on the way back from D.C. About the squirrels. Yes. And we could not remember where we had just seen that. Yes. It was in Uncanny X-Men 22. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The squirrels in the city... Have now, listen, I didn't check on Wikipedia to confirm that this is true. Cause but that's it's a where, quote from Cyclops, that's where so I go. it must be true. That's where I go for all, my, for all my facts. But the squirrels in the city have shorter teeth and less body fat because they, eat, they don't have to go foraging for wild food. They eat what humans throw away. I believe it sounds feasible. Yes. We were in the city, oh, quite some time ago. I don't remember exactly when it was. But I was eating something as we were walking through the park, and there was a squirrel. It was me, you, and Lauren, and there was a squirrel following us next to me. <laughs> it was really cute. There was a... We were eating uh, at Doe. Yeah. And there was a bird who just kept flying at Becca. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and trying to get all the crumbs and shit on the grounds. Yes. Oh, man. It was... City animals are the best. Yeah, They're no, so like, you can just, like, pick up a squirrel. Yeah, like, give it a kiss. they don't give a shit. Yeah, give it a kiss. It won't give a shit. It might, it might clean out your teeth for you. It's hungry. Aww. No, don't let it do that. I'm not advocating. So what did you think of this comic? Uh, it was a comic. Yes, it was. No, honestly, um, we'll, we'll get to that. But a couple of points. One thing I wanted to point out, because you pointed this out when we were reading it, yes. was uh, Emma's stomach. Emma was Emma sucking Rokazar. in her stomach several times. <laughs> it was so bad. I was like, why is she doing that? Also, her hair. Yes. Her hair. So I so noticed that, too. It in in uh, Obviously... You know, like part of her part of her head was shaved because they had to perform the surgery on her, right? So it makes sense. But then there's other shots of her looking like she has a little bit of a comb over, and then there are other shots where it's back again to like shaved, and then there's other shots where it's like whoop, full head of hair. So well, you know how girls kind of just like play with their hair and will like flip it from one side to the other. No, I just figured that this was a tertiary mutant power of hers: <laughs> spontaneous grow hair. And, and then uh, lose it. And then lose it whenever she wants. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I noticed that too, that her hair just kept changing. So let's see. So who dies? So Alex, Alex explodes. Cortez, which I didn't even see. I went back and re-looked at it. And <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Whatever. I re-looked at it and I was like, that, where is he? The I one, don't even see him. The one blast. He was only in a couple of panels, but uh, in the entire book. But the, I couldn't find him. The one sentinel blast, the initial one, took him out. I just I just took their word for it after I looked for a while and couldn't see anything. I was like, okay, sure, Cortez is dead too. Who gives a shit? So it was like his skeleton and then like the outline of his shoulder pads. And that's how you knew it was him. <laughs> okay. A Warlocks dies. Yeah. Uh, they tried to make that dramatic with the little hospital beep line. What else happened? Wolverine oh. kills the general. Wolverine kills the general. Here's something I did not catch until the second time I read through. I was like, this has to mean something. And, and I couldn't figure it out at first, and then I was like, let me look at the first letter in each word. So General Douchebag, right, uses an override to regain control of the Sentinels by saying, X-Ray, Alpha, Victory, India, Echo, Romeo. I'm like, this has to mean something. Yeah, look at the first letter of each word. X-A-V-I-E-R, Xavier. Wow, you're so smart. I am. No, I it's, am. So I you, get paid the big bucks. You don't know that song? Xavier? No. Is there uh, a song? The Bloodhound Gang, Foxtrot, Unicorn, Charlie Kilo. <laughs> I see what they did. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that song? I don't think so. Foxtrot, Unicorn. 
<laughs> Charlie. I know their song, The Bad Touch. Man, we used to that's, sing that all the time at that's, work. That's how the song goes. They just say those words. They have a song where they sing about vagina, and there's a line in it that's, uh, it's hard to rhyme a word with vagina. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so all the Madroxes die uh, off panel, but L- Logan tells us. Uh, and then there's an artist change, which was fun. Uh, and then the Age of X-Men, X-Men, come back, and uh, there's Magneto. So I was like, what? Anyway, uh, Gene walks out of the explosion right past Emma, right when Emma is having a bad hair day. And right past Wolverine. And and LaRocca comes back on art just in time for Scott and Gene to kiss. So, so yeah, it shows Emma without the side of her head shaved anymore, and Wolverine is looking at the ground, and Scott is squeezing the almost booty. It's that awkward area that doesn't really have a name, by the way. I know my anatomy. It's like the taint of the butt. No, that's not where the taint of the butt is. Do you want me to show you where the taint of the butt is? Yes. Yeah. All right. Here. All right. Uh, no. I I don't remember exactly. I'm trying to like burn that panel from my mind, like that other panel with with fucking Emma and the Phoenix fucking. Emma, Emma and the Phoenix fucking? I will yes. pay good fucking money to see fucking Emma fucking Phoenix. Where Emma is dressed up as her and they're, she's like, mine's fucking Scott. I don't recall. Okay. <laughs> I okay. I don't believe that ever happened. That doesn't sound like Emma. Okay. So yeah, nobody liked this panel. Stop. It was the panel heard around the world. Yeah, it really was. There was, was a collective groan by everybody, even people who ship scott and gene yeah because just like fuck you what was the point of this other than to make people angry the vaccine vaccine worked but mutants are hidden from all over the world right so so scott says no more hiding magneto says we're with you logan questions it but then scott blasts the portable cerebro that emma's holding and then all of a sudden the cops see hey it's the x-men and big action pose time and then boom scene that's it so it's almost like this whole plan that Emma had that got so many people killed yes. was for nothing. People were it get- almost <laughs> seems like that. People- no, I know, but <laughs> Emma specifically got people killed for she, this plan. She, she did. So, so as it turns out, I wrote a mini essay after I was done reading this the second time. I wasn't planning on it. You know, I will type up... You needed to let your feelings out. I really did. I, I, you know, I type up my notes when I read, and then sometimes I'll note down, like, my general thoughts about it, you know, for when we're talking, and and that's kind of just how it goes. But, uh, but yeah, I just started typing all of this stuff out, and so I want everybody to, to hear me out. I want, I want to, I want to like this story. Good luck. Because I always want to give the X-Men the benefit of the doubt, regardless of the writer or regardless of what's going on. The X-Men mean a lot to me. It doesn't mean that I can't be critical. Listen to past episodes. We've, we've shit on stuff before, on certain issues that we don't like. Writers, characters, whatever the fuck. But I always want to give the X-Men the benefit of the doubt. Now, if this was taken out of 616 continuity, I would not mind it so much. X-Men do die, uh, and sometimes in shitty ways. Not necessarily as shitty as the way Rain died in that whole situation, but like the fact that it's the X-Men, their numbers having dwindled to so little, all these powerhouses like Gene and Storm and Magneto are out of the equation. The fact that these X-Men are alone, they could fight and lose so badly is believable. Now, I'm not trying to defend it, but like I get this angle. 
But what I didn't like was how quickly the story moved, how it moved on after each death or dramatic, terrible event. And so, so here are my examples. There was no mourning, and we talked about him on the show. No mourning, strong guy or chamber. It was just like, boom, moved on. Next thing, we just for, kind of forget about those people. Warlocks, right? Warlock plus Madrox. So terrible. Such a terrible, scary thing that we see at the end of the one issue, right? Next issue, homie is playing cards. He's playing strip poker. And it's like, no big deal. Matthew Rosenberg wrote Dead Souls, and that was an amazing story. And made Karma seem like such a questionable character. Like, what the fuck are you doing? But then she joins the team, and she walks away from the team without ever a serious conversation with Rain or Ilyana or Danny or anything. Like, I know Rosenberg only had 11 issues to tell the story. I would have liked it more if there was more time. Or, again, especially if this were taken out of 616 continuity. So really what it seems like is there was this vaccine. It seemed like the end times for mutants. The X-Men create the vaccine vaccine. Great. What else was there in this story? We think there's this big dramatic plot point where the X-Men are suddenly hidden from the rest of the world just for like the next issue. Zark, hey, it's the X-Men. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. Like, I wonder if that whole this is the last X-Men story was meant to directly tie into what Hickman is doing and like sinister shit going on. I don't know. This whole run was fucking garbage. This was quite possibly the worst X-Men story that I've read. Ouchie. Yeah. Oof. Um, oofers. Yeah, no, <laughs> this was this was fucking terrible. I mm-hmm. hated it. I honestly feel like I would have stopped reading it had we not continuously talked about it on the podcast. What was it? I didn't finish Hot Shots because we weren't going to talk about it. So I was like, well, I don't care enough about it to finish Damn. it. I did that with... Uh, X-Force? X-Force. Damn. All the hot takes. Hot Shots was eh. X-Force, X-Force was just a pile of shit. Damn. I'm sorry. It was really just not good. And I was talking to Jonathan about this. Like, you know, since I've been actively collecting comic books, say for like over five years or something, we haven't really gotten any like really good X-Men series, at least in my opinion, that I've been crazy about, other than a few of them, All-New Wolverine being one, yep. X-Factor, but I didn't even read that run. <laughs> you didn't read All-New X-Factor? No. Oh. I told you that. It was good. Yeah, I have it. I have it, but I wasn't caught up at the time right. on old books, so I didn't end up reading it ever. I enjoyed so, it. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> there weren't many very good X-Men books in the past five years, just saying make the X-Men great again. Because, because I mean, like I'm I'm rereading all the X Men books and like, okay, you know there were some duds in there, but at least the stories were good and <laughs> like the original X Force, you know, after they got Liefeld off of it, stop it was was really good. It was good with Liefeld, but yeah, that's that's what I have to say about this. I'm just really really glad that this series is over and I don't have to read it anymore. Yeah, listen, I uh, it's like I'm not going to argue with you or anybody over that. I want to No. <laughs> <laughs> like I want first of all, I want to respect other people's opinions. That's that's first off. Like if, if you, you like this, you're wrong. <laughs> if like unless you come at me or us like a douchebag, 
you know, like, I'm gonna, like, you can have your opinion, and, and it's cool, it's fine, I'm not saying that this was great, you know, I'm just trying to say, like, I think it had some interesting ideas, but it wasn't executed well, and I think that it was too quick for the amount of time that he had, honestly, and I've said this before, like, there is stuff that I've read by him, like, I don't think he's a bad writer, I've read other stuff by him, he's had some, like, you know, he's had some duds, like you said, duds, but, like, he's had some good stuff, too, that I've enjoyed, especially New Mutants Dead Souls, so, yeah, it seems like a, so many people really did not like this, but I, what I will say, though, it is shitty to come at him on a social media platform and tell him to go fuck himself, um, and just say, like, really, really awful fucking things to him. Yeah, that, like that's not cool. Don't tag any creator and tell them that you hated their work. You can just go off on it without tagging them. Yeah, that like and and that at face value that may sound kind of shitty because it's like, "Oh, you're talking behind their back. You can't say it to their face." It's not a fair fight. He can't come back. He's not like like old and retired and has no stake. The man is still trying to make a living by working for comic book publishers. You know, he can't come at you. Otherwise, he's not going to get work again. So you don't fucking be that person. You know what I mean? And Yeah, nobody comes into your job and tells you how shitty you're doing your and job. slaps the penis out of your mouth. You know what I mean? But honestly, like, yeah. And, and I, you don't know the guy. You don't know his personal life. You don't know what he's going through. It's just, it's He's really... just a bad writer. Stop. He doesn't need to know that. <laughs> Stop. I like him, as far as I can tell. And, uh, and, and we gotta see if we can talk to him somehow. Alright, anyway, so now it's time to move on to the new stuff. Oh, boy, do I have thoughts. Which is, uh, first is House of X, it's number one. It's pronounced House of Ten. <laughs> fucking hate that. It's pronounced okay. Chicken Fox. <laughs> Can we just how fucking stupid that is that they decided to write them in the exact same way and then say, no, you actually pronounce it tan. Just <laughs> like, how do you get colonel out of that? Exactly. It is colonel. Exactly. You pronounce it colonel. Exactly. And how would you have known how to pronounce it unless somebody told you? That's stupid. <laughs> All right. Continue. House of X, number one. You open and it says, you know, it's a freaky page. The layout of this, first of all, excuse me, the layout is just completely freaky. Charles Xavier, quote, humans of the planet Earth, while you slept, the world changed. And then you see this fucking tree. It's huge. And you see these fucking sort of like pod looking things in them. And then it's like, like we see the, like we will get to the flowers, but are these what the flowers grow into? These huge fucking trees with all these pods. Because then bursting out of the fucking pods, you've got, you've got a redhead. And you've got some dude. And his eyes are beaming. And Xavier, allegedly, quote unquote, with the weird headwear. This is like, to me, my X-Men. And then we get caught up. You know, time is going on. Four months ago, three months ago, whatever. You know, it's on, it's on Mars. It's on the moon. The Savage Land, Jerusalem. They're planting these flowers, and so I'm like, are those going to be the fucking trees? Are mutants going to be hatching out of these fucking things? I thought that the flowers that they were planting was what grew into Krakoa. Yeah, no, and, and I agree. I, I, I figured that might be it too, but then what the fuck is this big tree? Is that big tree part of it too? And what are all these pods? Where are those growing from? What is that? This is what I'm saying. The problem that this book has is that it 
just throws you into the middle of nowhere and does not explain anything at all. So you have no idea what's going on, and that's why I hate this book. Continue. Patty, you have to learn how to hitchhike, all right? You need a hitchhiker's guide to Hickman's Galaxy, is what it sounds like, all right? I have a hitchhiker's thumb, almost. (laughs) Well, actually, I think it's called something else, but it goes really far back. So, so, all right, so fine. So Xavier apparently has miracle drugs, but will only, only offer them to humanity if... His nation is recognized. And I'm like, that sounds dark for Charles Xavier. Like, he's done some fucked up shit, but that is pretty overt. So one Well, of the- he's not threatening them. He's bribing them. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I like where your moral compass lies. You should use that moral compass to find your way in the middle of nowhere of Hickman's House of Ten. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, so one extends human life by five years, one cures cures diseases of the mind, and another is the most effective antibiotic in existence. So you've got these fucking, like, ambassadors, these human ambassadors, go into this little fucking this Krakoa area, uh, and they go into this habitat, and it's beautiful, but it's also really dark at the same time. And that was really kind of the tone of this book. There was so much beauty in it, and the art was great. This tone, this, this book had a tone? It was a deaf tone. <laughs> ah, somebody out there is going to get that. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, deaf tones. It's a band. Look them up. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't like them. Stop pooping on all the things that I love. <laughs> this is not the Patty Poop Show. <laughs> if you need to poop, go outside on the lawn, right? Ah. You... <laughs> anyway, Sophie and Esme are there. Yes. Patty, Sophie, and Esme are the two cuckoos that have been dead. What? Don't, don't How do that. did that don't, happen? Don't do that to me, Patty. How did that happen? That's what I'm saying. How did that happen? I feel like you're just patronizing me. You're I not, feel you're like uh, Xavier was dead, too. How did that happen? Oh, Phantom X. Phantom X's body. He's oh, inside yeah. Phantom X. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. that was a thing Remember now. <laughs> God. All right. So then there's like this, and I thought this was interesting, too. There are like these little breaks where, you know, sort of explaining some of, like, some of the finer details that are going on, like the different flowers, and then also the flowers of Krakoa, right? So, like, one's a biome, and environment, one is for gateways, and then there's this one, I'm sure this won't come back, there's a tumor! <gasps> that Krakoa... It's not a tumor! <laughs> Krakoa Arnold Schwarzenegger... Love it. ...doesn't even know it exists or what's going on. Yeah, but then we get to Krakoa, we see it, we we find out that that mutants only mutants can travel through the gateways, which is interesting. Non mutants can, but they have to be accompanied by a mutant. Krakoa still has to okay it. And we see Cipher. Cipher's fine. Cipher's no longer addicted to the internet. He shaved the beard and he grew a warlock arm. <laughs> yeah, a lot of shit has changed. There's these eyes, right? All these eyes pointing down at Doug that I guess you know are part of Krakoa. And again, it's one of these things that's, like, beautiful, contrasted with this really dark, freaky shit. So I thought that was interesting. Logan is laughing with these kids, and Xavier is being fucking weird. I am telling you, none of these are real X-Men. None of them. They are not really X-Men. Jean, right, she goes, not everyone can travel through a gateway. Any mutant can, of course. Krakoa recognizes its own. Now, does its own mean... Mutant in general? Or does that mean its own as in a Krakoa? Because Krakoa is technically a mutant too. But are all of these quote-unquote X-Men, are they all Krakoas taking some different shape? 
I thought you meant like, are they those pod people that Krakoa grew? That's sort of what I mean. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are they? And and I I guess that's what I consider like actual sort of Krakoas, like pod people. Because I'm not even sure that they're separate from Krakoa. They could just be like sentient parts of Krakoa. I had been throwing out there that they're like pod people somehow. That maybe the real X-Men are hidden away somewhere, whether for nefarious purposes or or whether to keep them sort of safe while shit goes on. Because that's another thing that I'm thinking. And here's a conspiracy theory. That that is possibly Xavier doing this. And all of the X-Men, the real X-Men, are stashed away somewhere while he's got all of these pod people out to set up this new beautiful world before the X-Men come and inhabit it. That's not a great theory, but it's one of the first ones I had. It is very interesting, and I wouldn't have thought of that. But I I do think that there's something weird with Xavier. I mean, he is, he is you know, a fucked up guy. He's a fucked up guy, and not only that, but you can't see half of his face. Why? Well, you can't see, like, all of his face, because he's crazy. <laughs> uh, I just figured he had to use that to, like, amplify his powers or something. I don't know. That's what I assumed, too. To be honest, I didn't think anything more of it. Zach of Xavier Files in the Battle of the Atom podcast uh, put out on Twitter that he thinks that that could be, like, Mr. Sinister. I'm sure it was Zach that did that. That headwear could be hiding the diamond on his head. And I thought that was really interesting, too interesting yeah so i mean that could be mr sinister and that tree with the pod people yeah that could absolutely not be krakoa at all and that's just little sinister's special place to get his pod people i mean now when you think about it who are the first two mutants not confirmed but who are we certain that those two mutants are that pop out and begin oh it's obviously gene and cyclops scott and gene who has the biggest heart on in the world for scott and gene logan Fucking stop it. <laughs> stop it. No, it's Mr. Sinister. So, yeah, it's, it's very possible. And they make mention of Mr. Sinister later in Powers of Ten. So, that might be him in Powers disguise. Powers of X. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's House of Ten and Powers of X. Yes. It's Ten of X. Ten of X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, all right, so then we cut to the space people aboard some station. Right, so th- this was weird. Yeah, there's all these astronauts. We kind of, you know, get the sense that they're human. And it's like, you know, what's what's going on here? Omega Sentinel is helping them. And then it all gets kind of laid out. So there's there's three threats, right? Population, financial, and territorial. And mutants kind of fit all of those. The population, the financial threat, and the territorial threat. And what was even more interesting is you have all of these human organizations. AIM, SHIELD, SWORD. Alpha Flight, Hydra, all these fucking groups working together to get this Orcus thing happened. They mentioned Doomsday plans, so that's that's just it. They're taking this this offer from Xavier, like, hey, we're gonna give you these good things that are good for humanity. You have to give us your our own territory, our own nation state, and recognize us as as such. Yeah, that's just it's just really it's really fucking dark. The one astronaut explains that. We're going to need resources. The machines are on Mercury excavating heavy metals. And then, like, you get that that shot of the fucking huge-ass sentinel head with the space station around it. And that was just nuts. And and the, the explanation is, like, humanity has 20 years left before mutants take over as a dominant species. How have humans viewed mutants as a threat? And so when they are all kind of pooling their resources... 
You know? Like, they're all together now. Like, when these ambassadors, these human ambassadors, go to this, go to fucking Jerusalem, who do they meet? They meet Magneto, of all fucking people, right? It used to be that humanity was just humanity. And there were humans that fucking hated mutants. And it didn't matter, because there were some mutants who wanted humanity to die, but the X-Men and other heroic mutants were always there to stop those bad mutants. They were always there. And now it seems like Xavier is hanging out with Magneto and all these mutants are hanging out together and they've got like this advanced shit that can help humanity, but like they want their own territory. So then, you know, then think about it. Then what happens when there's a bigger mutant population and they want more territory and they want more resources, you know? It sounds like America. Yeah. It seems like humanity is having that you know, that scared response and they need and, and they need to have some sort of big fucking plan in place for when shit starts to go south for them because that's what they're kind of anticipating. I mean, and that's what Magneto was saying that like, you know, there's never been a mutant war. Like it's just it's just never happens. At the same time, at the end of this issue, shit gets really scary. It it really does. Because if like if if these ambassadors didn't have Anything to fear before they do by the end of this issue. Because, you know, the fucking, the cuckoos are reading their minds against their will. That's not something that the quote unquote heroic mutants do, right? And then fucking Magneto takes the, takes the gun out of that dude's pocket and disassembles it. And then he fucking, he says some scary shit to that guy at the end. And he's like, you know, you have new gods now. You know, like that, that is not, something a hero says so yeah but ah this was a great issue this i thought this this was so full of just scary scary undertones and just a lot of little nods to other things and i enjoyed this when mystique sabertooth and toad right they go to steal this thing out of this damage control building uh what was it called soul's hammer it was highlighted and I looked it up because I didn't fucking remember. That was a Dyson Sphere built by Tony Stark as a fallback plan for the crisis of colliding planets. I think it was around the time of Secret Wars a few years ago. So they were stealing data on this thing. And so I looked it up and it looks similar to these panels floating next to the Sentinel head in this issue. After I read this issue, you were like, oh, you could post whatever on Twitter, but use this hashtag for spoilers. Yeah, and spoilers. I was like... I was like, um, there really were no spoilers because nothing happened. Oh, my God. And he was like, oh, my God, so much <laughs> happened. And I was like, list me one thing that happened in this book because there were none. <laughs> there was nothing that happened. I don't get why everybody is jizzing their pants over a book. Nothing happens. It's just they throw you into this new world. You don't know anything. You don't know, like, what these pods are. You don't know what the island is. You don't understand Krakoa completely or who these... Imp like, anything. It doesn't make sense. I hate artsy shit. <laughs> and that's what this felt like it was trying to be. I mean, all of my friends told me, like, oh, my God, you have to, like... You can't just, like, judge an issue at a time. You have to wait until it's all out. And then, like, read it all at once, and you're going to appreciate it. It's genius. He's, like, the smartest man to ever exist. And, like, <laughs> you're just going to jizz your pants when you, when you read, like, a full story of his or whatever. And I'm like... Please call me when that happens. <laughs> I'm just like... I feel like everybody is saying that to the point where I'm just like, 
going to be the one person in the universe who doesn't like him. Well, I think... And I've never read anything by him either. You know, it kind of sours things a little bit, you know? It's like... It's like people talk about fucking, um... I don't know. Uh, fish or something, you know? The band. The band's like, oh, oh man, you just don't get it. They're jams, the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, it's boring. It's stupid. It's I don't, only good I don't if like you're it. high. This is probably <laughs> the same thing with this book. Stop. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll get high and then I'll read it. No, please don't. Please don't do that. So, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the mystery. I, I enjoyed the suspense of it. I have read a bunch of other stuff uh, by Hickman before. I don't, you know, I mean, I haven't liked everything. Uh, what did I read? It was um, Pax Romana. I read many years ago. I don't remember too much about it. Uh, I enjoyed that. The end was kind of explained over like this little timeline throughout the book, which was interesting, but I thought it was neat. I, I liked that. Um, I liked East of West. What hurt that book for me was I feel like there were times where it wasn't coming out for a couple of months, and that was not something that you know I could read an issue of and then go a couple of months not reading again. I know that you could always get the trades and blah, blah, blah. I don't like doing that. I like getting single issues and doing it that way. Um, and eventually I'm going to have to stop getting printed uh, physical copies anyway, so it's not even going to matter. Uh, his Avengers and New Avengers stuff I read a little bit of. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Um, I didn't read much of his Fantastic Four, but I read FF, some of it. And I really enjoyed that. So, I mean, honestly, if everybody thinks he's fantastic, great. He kind of just seems like another writer to me. But this, again, I thought that this was great. I thought that this was really, really interesting and really dark and sinister. And like I was saying before, there were some panels that were just contrasted really well. There's this one image, and somebody posted it in response to something on Twitter, of Magneto when he's like towering over uh, one of the ambassadors. And his face is just like a shadow. But from the background, there's like the sun. And it's really bright. And I just thought that was an interesting contrast. You know, with the light and the dark of this whole situation. Because really what it seems like by the end of this issue is that, you know, there's humanity and there's nature. And nature is really pushing back hard against humanity. You know, eventually nature is going to win whether you like it or not. Of course, humanity is not going to lay down without a fight, and that's their whole fucking doomsday scenario with the fucking space sentinel. But anyway, that's what I thought. But then we got Powers of Ten, and I was excited for this one primarily because of the character Rasputin. But I do want to get to this point of Patty's complaint with the whole Powers of <laughs> X, House of X Powers of Ten thing, is I was a kid... When Mega Man X came out. Those of you who aren't familiar with Mega Man. There is now a Mega Man 1 through 11. But back when I was a kid. It was like you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And then we had Mega Man X. And when us as kids saw that. We thought it was Mega Man 10. And we were like what the fuck. What happened to 7, 8, and 9. And we were like all pissed off. And we had to actually like read the articles printed about it because it had X in quotes. So you knew that he was actually X before the game came out. But we thought it was Mega Man 10 because they decided to do X. They couldn't pick another letter. They had to pick X. They couldn't make it like Mega Man P. No, because that would be like a golden shower. <laughs> so yeah, so, so this was interesting. Um, you know, it opens with these four different timelines. The Dream... The world, 
which is, uh, you know, year 10, and then 100 years from now, and then 1,000 years from now, and that was weird. And then there's this scene of Charles and Moira from, like, back then, the dream. You know, you, you see him walking, you can assume this is in the past, and then Moira knows knows who he is, and she tells him to read her mind, and this bald son of a bitch doesn't tell us what he sees. I was upset by that, because you remember all the fucking previews? Yes. The most important panel, or the most important page in X-Men history. We don't even know why yet. So it's it's weird. Fucking, you know, Magneto is hanging out with Xavier. Magneto is first talking out, talking like it's really him. But, like, I just, I can't believe, I can't believe that it's, that it's really him. You know, and so, like, Mystique, Sabretooth, and Toad, in the last issue, stole that fucking info about Soul's Hammer, right? And they, they got into a run-in with the, with the Fantastic Four and Cyclops, ugh. It was really sexy, but really weird. Uh, but this one, this one panel, it looked like it's like Ra- did Raven throw this little flash drive at Charles, or did he push something on his helmet and use telekinesis to get it? I don't know. It was it was interesting. She she she's like you know I want something more for this, and apparently he does. He's like we're building a better world. Everyone who would live in it owes something, and then it looks like he's sticking the device directly into Krakoa. I think. I think it's Krakoa. I didn't even notice that, but I just, like, it doesn't seem like Mystique to ever work together with the X-Men, and it's kind of weird that she's, like, in this world. And or Sabretooth. Can, yeah, and can right? do, like, whatever they want. So, this, uh, this future, they cut to the future, and this future Sentinel thing is terrifying. Like, everything is in ruins. And we see this uh, Silobel, she's a black brain telepath, and this thing wants information from her and her friends, and then we see them! Finally, we got their names, like, a day or two before, it's Rasputin and Cardinal! And, uh, they're hiding, Rasputin wants to save Silobel, and Silobel's like, no, and she jumps in anyway, and Cardinal tries to throw... Uh, tries to fucking grow a gateway, and the in the blink of an eye, Rasputin is stopping this fucking classic big sentinel from crushing her, and Silobel gets taken away, and it's like really sad. And then we get this explanation that it, you know, there were breeding pits, so the first generation was fodder, obviously, because you know there ended up being you know human pushback and fucking humans using machines to push back against mutants, and they're the first generation of these mutants were fodder to defend the nation-state of Krakoa, and it fell in 30 years. And then the second generation was Chimera class, right? There were two separate X genes. And then a third gen was five X genes. And then the final gen, it was a corrupted hive mind, and no one knew it until it destroyed 40% of the mutant population and then committed mass suicide. That is really dark. And I love dark stuff. I love psychological horror. I was desensitized to most gore as a kid, um, my parents were fans of the original Halloween series, and so they let me watch it. So I watched a bunch of gory mov- movies before I was even a teenager. And so, like, that doesn't really bother me as much anymore. I like psychological fucked up stuff. And this was psychologically fucked up. But I really enjoyed Rasputin. How cute she was, how pretty she was, how emotive she was, how much she cared about saving the Silo Bell before we even really know these people. And she is a chimera. Obviously, you know, you know, five X genes. You know, it was laid out in this book. It's Choir, Colossus, Shadowcat, Laura, and Bane. A B-A-I-N, Bane? I have no idea who that is. The Batman villain spelled wrong? Yes. But, <laughs> so was, was, is that Sinister? Is that Xavier? You know, now? 
And so that's why I think there's some merit to that theory. You know, so Sinister was working with all the mutants, right? Before betraying them. Is that this? Xavier with the headwear? You know? So Nimrod was cute. That was surprising. I mean, it was sad. He was scary. But it was kind of cute and interesting how he talked and how emotive he was. Omega Sentinel lasted all the way to this future, which is like 100 years from now. She is working with the machines, obviously. She's she's mostly machine. Apparently, Rasputin and Cardinal got away with something. Silo Bell won't, won't talk, so they put her in this vat and they fucking kill her. And that was really sad. And then, like, 100 years... Uh, no, I'm sorry. What was it? A thousand years in the future. It seems that all these mutants, there was this big fucking database. And what it seems like some blue descendant, maybe, of Xavier is with this little piece of Nimrod. And, God, they're keeping, like, two humans in this fucking enclosure. Almost like it's a zoo. One of them, I forget if it was, like, the blue Xavier or Nimrod that was like, Hope to God they never have Dominion again. That was crazy. Like, humanity is just gone. They're in, like, this little preserve now. That was fucking nuts. So, yeah, so this opened up uh, a lot more to this world because now we're talking about different timelines, and I thought that was weird. I don't know how that's going to be handled over the remaining ten issues of Hox Pox or Hox Po 10, which is what somebody called it, and I like that. But I really thought Rasputin was great. I really did. And I know that there were, like, a a bunch of Rasputins, I guess, right? With, like, the five X genes. There must have been a bunch of them. I really hope that this one makes it out of here somehow and makes it into current continuity after Hawks Poten is over and we see more of her. Because I thought that she was a really endearing character. Again, even before we officially met her. But then once we met her and saw how awesome she was, I want to see a lot more of her. And not just for the next couple of months. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, she's she's really cute, but I feel like if she was in the real world, she would be too powerful. Um, that's because, not, I mean, that's an interesting point. That, like, a lot of the, I mean, at least choir, she has at least one Omega mutant You're right. in her. Yeah. And mixed with all the other ones, it would just be, like, kind of unfair, I guess. But I had the same issue with this book, but it was also more confusing because there was the time changes and you didn't know who anybody was. Also, the name of the book? Pox of X-10. I don't know. I mean, it was uh, it was interesting. It was weird how it jumped around, but it jumped around in ways that sort of expanded the plot a little bit, you know? I mean, we saw Xavier with the dream, you know, way back when, and then Moira. That was really fucking weird. And then we saw, you know, the current time where they got the drive to this quote-unquote Xavier. And then we saw the future, where this, where they're talking about this man-machine mutant war. And clearly that is in the process of going on at this point, where Rasputin and Cardinal are. The man-machine mutant war. And then we jump way into the future, long after that's over. Humanity is awful. Fuck them. We never want to give them power again. We're going to keep them in this little fucking hive and they can be in a zoo. It's a little human zoo. Honestly, by the end of this, like, you may end up liking it and I may end up hating it. Like, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? What's really just got me really into it, it's more that, like, it's dark and sinister and that I really like that feeling. But I thought it was cool. Uh, Hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, And if not, that's okay too. All right, so... Do you think drug-addicted prostitute Krakoas are called Krakhoas? Are you going through a hoxpox detox in between issues? 
grab a bagel and slather on some Hox Pox Locks, and we'll be right back after the commercial break. Gag me with a spoon. My parents are total lame-loin dweebwoods. Total airheads, like, barf me out. Being a nerd totally has them wigging out. Where's the beef? I need a place to, like, totally max out my nerdiness. Uh, I have no idea what in the hell you are saying, but here, look, geekade.com is for nerds. Whoa, totally bodacious. Scope out those killer topics. Anime, video games, comic books, wrestling... Geekade.com sounds like totally radical. Uh, are are you okay? I may have suffered some, like, brain damage. Totally heinous, you know? I'm, like, such a spazoid. I just need to, like, veg out with these articles, podcasts, and maybe even head over to twitch.tv slash Geekade. I think we should get you to a doctor. Take a chill pill, Bill. I'm, like, so stoked to check out TotallyTubularGeekade.com right now. It's got all kinds of topics for nerds like me. Righteous. Duh. <laughs> okay. So, now that we're back, so I figured that we would have a little fun and we would uh, throw something out on Twitter. If you didn't see it in time, it's okay. We might do this again in the future. If... You guys have questions for us, whether it's X-Men related, even not X-Men related, personal questions, but not too personal. Uh, Anyway, all right, so let's start. So Reginald Woodson Jr. says, after learning about the powers of five sinister breeding pits, what power mutant combos do you hope to see in powers of 10? X. Powers of 10X. (laughs) All right, so so let's do it. So so he's got a couple of questions. I'll, I'll give I'll give him that. That's fine. We'll answer them. So first, what power mutant combos do you hope to see? Do it. Do I hope to see? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Okay. Let me think of ones that aren't included in this, which is hard because like they picked like my favorite characters for Rasputin. Oh my god. Yeah, um, that is kind of true. So let's see. Let's do Avalanche. Yes. And Richter. What? <laughs> they already did that. He's an X Men Evolution. And Fine. Magma. What? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just going to control the whole world. <laughs> and then we're going to have Storm. Yeah. And Namorita. What the fuck? <laughs> so so we just control everything. Yeah. We're just going to destroy the earth. Next question. <laughs> I, I get to answer. I'm going to answer. All right. So let's see. What, what power mutant combos? I am going to make... The ugliest mutant. I am going to take what was his name, Ugly John, that had the faces. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Long Neck, who had a long neck. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Jazz, who was blue. Mm-hmm. Who am I going to take? Beak. Who else? I'm going to take Beak and you ready for this one? Dupe. Nice. I said it. Dupe for for the body shape. That's body shaming. What? I said for the body shape. I know, that's body shaming. Why? Because you're saying that he has a bad body shape. I did not say that. Stop putting things into my mouth, Patty. No. We're recording. (laughs) You don't do that now. His next question was, when are you going to put a ring on it for my girl, Patty? So there's an example of an okay personal question. (laughs) I would like to be a little bit more financially secure before I put a ring on that finger. Patty is in the process of doing the same. Uh, We are very committed, I'd like to think. 
It's just, we're not at a point where it's like, oh, yeah, let's go fucking start fucking shopping for drapes. No, get me a ring. And basement floors. What? No, I want one. No, I, I keep getting ads for them on Facebook. I'm like, oh, well, maybe that's a sign because we have a joint account. So maybe he's been looking for them. But I know that's not true. It's probably because my brother is getting married. So I'm getting a lot of wedding related ads. You don't know. <laughs> Actually, I've already fixed one. I'll send it to you. Fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, Zach from Xavier Files sends Wolverine is locked in a room. Azima is in front of him. He is very thirsty. Does he drink it? I'm answering this one first. The answer is, okay, he takes it into his mouth, but he spits. He does not swallow. That is okay. my answer. Okay, that's Wolverine fair spits. He does not swallow. I feel like Wolverine would drink any alcoholic beverage as long as he was by himself. In public, he needs to keep his big, big boy persona and drink whiskey or other disgusting men liquids. And can't can't have the delicious. They can't have the disgusting men liquids. (laughs) He can't have. I'm sorry. I think he's doing that behind closed doors too. To be honest with you, TBH. He's all about the man liquids behind closed doors. I mean, okay. (laughs) He, you know how like certain men can't drink the delicious elixirs of like margaritas or apple teenies. You know what I'm saying. You know, guys got to be like, oh, I love bourbon it tastes like dirt fucking throw oil in my beer light it on fire yeah shove it in my mouth beer tastes like shit and so does bourbon and scotch the only good alcohol i'm saying is alcohol that has an umbrella in it (laughs) or vodka fine because i'm slavic (laughs) whatever next question is egerton for wolverine and i had to look that up uh i'm not familiar with too many actors uh, and I, but but when I looked him up, I, I realized who it was. And so people have been, you know, on the internet saying like, "Oh, this guy should play the next Wolverine." So Wolver Steve is the one who asked that, and he said that it works for him. Listen, any guy who can play Elton John can play Wolverine. I mean, it's basically the same character, pretty much. You know, you're they're ar- both short and foreign. They're both short, foreign, hairy. Uh, they've gone through many costume changes, True. and they're old as fuck. So True. yeah. My thought on this is no, asterisk, Hugh Jackman should pl- be forced against his will to play Wolverine until the day he dies. <laughs> I don't care. We'll have a 70-year-old Wolverine, and we won't even make it Old Man Logan. That will just be Logan, and nobody will acknowledge the fact that he's aged 50 years. That's going to be so weird and creepy. There's going to be a love interest that's going to be like... That's fine. There's going to be a 30-year-old woman love interest, and he's going to be a fucking 80-year-old Jackman. Yeah, with with his saggy old man balls. Oh, my God. Because it's Hugh Jackman. (laughs) What? You hate old man balls. I do. When I think of things that Patty hates, it's it's meat and it's old man balls. And sometimes those things work together. I don't understand. Why do Hugh Jackman's old man balls get a pass? When I'm 80 years old, my old man balls better get all the passes in the world. Free trip to Pattytown for Jonathan's old man balls. That's what I'm saying, because this is nonsense. So next question, what would each of your dream wave two Dawn of X books be? Lineups and creative teams. This is from Karen X-Men fan. This is a tough question. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay, X-Factor. Yeah. Peter David. Yeah. And art by Bachalo. Oh, and so we got we got Madrax, Polaris, 
Pixie because she's been announced, but she hasn't been put on a team yet. Uh-huh. Uh, who else do I want? I want Havoc on there. I want there to be a love interest. Get back together already. Let's see. Who else? Who else do we want on there? You know what? Throw throw Quentin Quire in there for fucking <laughs> for shits and giggles. I just I just want some drama. Uh-huh. And also he likes fucking with Pixie M and oh, Strong Guy. Jesus Christ. Why? All right, fine. Uh for me it would be a young X-Men. Not like a not like a young X-Men that we got before, more like the new X-Men, but I do not want to call it new X-Men. I would rather call it young X-Men. The creative team, I think since you took Bachalo and that's okay. As I was thinking about this, I was going for either Scotty Young or David Baldion on art. But Scotty Young, the way that he drew new X-Men, not the way he draws like the baby covers. But since he already did that, my answer is going to be David Baldion. I love how that man has grown as an artist over the years. Like seriously, um, I think he can do cute, he can do funny, and he can do serious. The writer would be Leah Williams. I didn't think too much about the team before this, kind of going off the cuff, so you're going to have to bear with me. I am going to take Pixie. Pixie's, nope, Pixie's Pixie is mine. going to be on two teams. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> God damn. Uh, all right, so I'm going to take uh, I'm gonna take Pixie. I'm going to bring Wolf Cub back from the dead. He's going to be on that team because he was a good boy. I am going to put Anal on the team. So, of course, I'm going to have to put Rockslide on the team. I am going to put X-23 on the team. She is going to be a field leader. And who Glob. else? Glob. Yeah, thank you for the assist, Glob Herman. Yeah, I think that's a, that, I think that's a good lineup. So, thank you, Karen. Chris Randazzo, friend of the show, uh, geekade guy, and he was, he was on an episode a little while ago. Can Gambit blow his junk off if he's having too good a time by himself? Now, that's a really interesting question. Is he immune to his own power or not? What do you think? I feel like if if that could happen, it would have happened by now. Um, <laughs> you either, say Gambit is a chronic masturbator? I mean, I mean well, there is that. I was going to say, or that he would have like blown off one of his fingers or something accidentally. Oh That's more what I was thinking, but then I was like, yeah, no, Gambit probably does jack off a lot. Do you think he can charge up his sperm? Yes. That is amazing. So that like, you know, like only one of them makes it to the egg or whatever. He can just make but- them all make it to the egg. But just, that's... They're going to have, like, 27 babies. Oh, uh, but no, not if they're charged up. Oh, they're going to explode the eggs. Ah. Uh, that's awesome. Just, like... Patty. Just, like, <laughs> I now I don't have to worry about getting pregnant. I don't think that's the concern. I think it's going to be internal bleeding is a concern. <laughs> I don't see the problem. Patty, There's I, already blood there. I don't think it's like a game of asteroids, you know, where you're just like, pew, 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 pew. And they destroy, and then they go away. I but think you're the, actually getting Jonathan, hurt. Jonathan, Jonathan, there's already blood that comes out of there, so internal bleeding is fine. That's where the blood is supposed to be. Oh my god! Yeah, fine. You know, what? I'm not going to try to mansplain. You're a woman. You know your body better than I. Yeah, do, I'm, right? I'm yeah. literally on my period right now. You don't have to tell me how blood works. I, I listen, Chris. I'm sorry. I don't think he can. I would like to think that he's immune to his own power. What I thought that he said was, "Can Gambit blow his junk?" Uh, like, can he can he give himself a blowjob was what I thought he was saying. No, the answer is yes. Yes. That man is practicing. Yes. Enough. He absolutely can. Next is a question from Trent. Who would win in a knife fight? Callisto or Adam X the Extreme? That is redundant, Mr. Trent. We do know who he is. <laughs> but I like Play Comics podcast answer. 
The answer is everyone wins. I love that. <laughs> my, my, I mean, my answer is obviously Adam X. Oh, really? Um, Mine would have been Callisto. Nope, not at all. Well, fight, a, fight me about it in a knife fight. I will fight you about it. Adam X took down the entirety of X-Force and, like, his first appearance. Yeah, but, but, but she tied up Angel all sexy-like. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. And she did that with Xavier, too. Yeah, put him in sexy bondage clothes. Yes. And listen, I apologize. If you are a listener and you're the one who said this, I apologize to you for forgetting who it was that commented this. Somebody called Callisto Sewer Bondage Lesbian. That is the best fucking nickname I've ever heard yes, in my life. Yes, absolutely. Also, I do think that Callisto would win. I think that she's faster. Nope. I think that Adam X is... Amazing. Yes, I don't know. Maybe he's not extreme enough for her. She's got a she's got a vest. She's got like a denim vest, <laughs> like a leather vest. But that's got, that's like extreme. He's got a backwards hat, Patty. Yeah, she's also got a lot of bondage clothing, Patty. He has a goatee. Yeah. Does Callisto she have has a goatee? A self cut haircut bob thing going on. <laughs> she's got an eye patch. <laughs> so. I don't know. They both have a lot of accessories is what we're saying. So I don't know. It might be a draw. Whatever. All right. Jo- uh, Joshua Wheel asks, which X-Men future timeline are you most disappointed appears to be incompatible with Hawks Poe 10? Uh, this may sound like too simple of an answer. I had two thoughts about this. The future with Ruby Summers and uh, decrepit old Doctor Doom was one but honestly probably as silly and um poser as it sounds old man logan yeah i, I was that's thinking not that... compatible with hawks poten and i love that story yeah i was thinking that too because like there was a logan like a thousand years in the future or whatever but it wasn't it wasn't like old man logan oh a hundred it was the hundred oh, years it in was... the future see i can't even keep track of it's that okay. that book it's... was so dumb it's okay it's, n- it's no big deal but yeah but like it wasn't old man logan you know, Logan. It yeah, was just, it, was, it just was just an, an older man Logan. Older man Logan yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to old man Logan. Yeah, middle-aged yeah, right. Logan. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going to go with that. Eric says, I'd be interested to see here you guys blind pull a comic from a box of X-Books and review it on the show. Results will vary. That is not exactly a question, but that is <laughs> something that we will keep in mind. <laughs> Eric's a cool guy. So that that's actually an interesting suggestion that I am going to take into serious consideration. Let's do it next time. Phoenix Egg says, do you guys think that is Xavier under the helmet in Hawks Pox? No. Hawks Poten. The answer is no. Because on the second page of House of X, did you see how he was holding his hands up? As if he were getting his nails did. As if he was getting his nails did. Or flamboyantly, if you will. Last one. Mike Pelletier. Eastwood or Bust? That's not a question. That's not a question. Oh, what's what's his name though? That's not the, Eastwood. Not, but not, but that's not Clint Eastwood. I don't know. I don't know actors. No, I don't Scott know celebrities. Eastwood. That's his name, Scott Eastwood. Scott Eastwood. That's yeah. not a real name. That's a real name. So yeah. So that was a little bit of fun. So I don't know. Maybe we'll do more of this. So thanks for that. We wanted to have a little uh, little refresher before we talk about Legion. What a show. <laughs> It is a show on the televisions. Yeah, I mean, most of you guys know that I love this show. Patty does not like this show. There's a few things that I just want to bring up, though. I liked the episode with Xavier. I, I Obviously, it was not comic book accurate, but I really enjoyed that that episode. I thought it was really nifty. Um, I thought the guy playing Xavier was interesting. I thought it was fine. 
I thought it was kind of spooky too, seeing Gabrielle sort of lose her shit. But at this point, Legion was already trying to travel to the past. And so she like hears voices, like the whispering, but it's him whispering to her. So I'm thinking like, did David cause her to kind of, you know, lose her shit a bit? You know what I mean? Yeah, I was wondering that too, but it seemed like she already, like, didn't they meet in a psych institute they in did, the show? They did, but she had, like, PTSD. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they weren't calling it that, but... PTSD. Yeah, but I, know, I just felt like, you know, that sort of thing might have driven her over the edge again, you know? But, um, but also, like, we haven't seen Xavier again since then. I hope that wasn't it. I kind of want to oh, see... Oh, I thought that was it. Yeah, no, 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 listen, I don't know for sure. I hope that's not... What I'm saying is I kind of want to see the actual showdown between him and the Shadow King. Uh, other than just that one chalkboard showdown. I loved the Time Eaters. They were fucking terrifying. Again, it wasn't like overtly like, you know, they're like these big scary fucking monsters. No, it was like more subtle. They were so creepy. I was so fucking uncomfortable watching them. And uh, how they tricked Sid. Pretending to be this, like, time-displaced younger version of her, I felt so stupid. I did not see that. Until it's, like, hugging her a little bit tighter, and then the, the face. Oh, my God, that was so well done. I'm sad that Switch is losing teeth. She's super adorable. She had a tiny bit of a jubilee moment that I pointed out to Patty afterwards because she had, like, the little yellow coat that was kind of long. And she's Asian. Not trying to be racist, but jubilee is, is Asian, too. You know, Chinese. Switches Chinese in the show. You see? I get it. Okay, fine. Thank you. Lenny, oh my god. That oh my was god. really fucked up. I didn't see that coming. And like, who said it? I think it was David that said it in like the next episode. Like, that wasn't real, you know? And like, I'm sure he's right. That that was just a fucking time eater fucking with her. But that looked so real. Yeah, I almost started the, wanting to cry. The, the lady that was pregnant, she was there before the time eaters came. So the lady who was pregnant must have been real. Yeah, but they could have just fucking, I don't know, taken that lady away and, you know, a time eater pretended to be the fucking baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it just grows up, like, in front of her eyes over the span. Of, it was such a short period of time. But, like, like Lenny has always been such a fucked up character in this show. You know what I mean? She's possessed by the Shadow King. She sort of is the Shadow King. And she's like this fucking drug addict who's out of her mind. Uh, trapped with the Shadow King in the last season, and to see her feel something because of this baby, and it wasn't a baby the whole time. It becomes like a teenager, and then an adult, and then an old lady. Oh my god, I wanted to cry. I felt so bad. And then Lenny kills herself. Lenny kills herself. I could not believe that. I have loved her so much on this show, Aubrey Plaza. Uh, she's been fucking great. David attacking the bus was amazing. What he did to the the effects on that, what he did to Vermilion and just fucking like shattered them and then like teleports onto the bus and shoves that dude under it and he's like this splatter of blood and then he takes uh, that um, Agent Clark's husband, I already forget his name, and just wipes his memory. That was so terrifying. Oh my god. I didn't remember that that guy had a husband yeah he was never boyfriends or anything i'm like i've never seen this guy in my life it was it was just like sort of matter of fact like oh hey this guy has a husband which is fine but it's like hasn't been a big part of the show i don't remember it being anyway but yeah and then david finally goes to the zeppelin in space and starts attacking everybody i was expecting more fire to be honest because that's like that's a thing that legion can do in the comics he's got one of the fucking personalities can can start fire 
And he did it to one of the Time Eaters. I was like, start burning shit. Fucking do it. Let's see more of that. He doesn't, but it was still scary. Sid tricks him um, and switches places with him. But David, you know, we get in his head and see the whole fucking literal legion in there take control again. And I loved the most recent episode, as of this recording anyway, was Sid's second life, basically. Her mind growing up in the astral plane. I loved that episode. That's honestly, it's probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite so far this season, besides the fucking Time Eater episode is my favorite. It was just nuts to watch her again. Because seeing Melanie and Oliver Bird, I'm not the biggest fan of Melanie, but she did kind of support the episode pretty well. But Oliver, Oliver is, oh, I love his character. And, and the wolf. The, yeah, had that guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine that dated Gina. I loved that guy in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I know he's like an actual actor, and I know I've seen him in other things, but that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, no, this this episode by itself was, you know, it was it was good. It was more interesting than what the actual plot of the story is, I think. I just lost it at the rap battle. Um, I was like... He's like, oh, there's only one way we can solve this. And I was like, dance battle. And he, and then he was like, rap battle. And I was like, oh, I was so close. Because, like, just there's so many other things in this show that are just so, like, artsy that they're there for no reason that it doesn't make sense. And that particularly, I was just like, come on, guys. Like, this isn't necessary. Well, you know, they could have done a big po- over-the-top powers sort of thing. Or they could have done something like that. And yeah, it was silly. Like, I thought it was funny at first. But I thought at the end, when Oliver kind of gets real personal with the wolf, and everybody in the background starts, like, disappearing into the shadows, and the wolf starts getting small, you know, that was that was really interesting. And, like, that's how he beat him. I, don't know, I, get, I get what you're saying. I know you don't like the show anyway. But that that's kind of what I took away from that. And, like, what you were saying, the, the same thing about um, the song... You know, uh, what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Yeah. That was, I don't, like, I don't like that song. But what I thought was interesting about that, you know, is that all these dead bodies are singing the words to that song. You know, Legion kind of starts it off after he just fucking killed everybody. And so that's kind of like, you know, you're saying one thing, but you're doing another thing. But I did enjoy the rap battle. Not for its technical, you know, not for their technical rapping ability, but I just kind of appreciated the idea of it. All right, so the last piece of news, last thing which that we're talking about. Which everybody knows already. Which everybody knows already, but we get to talk about what we think about it is the Dawn of X that was announced at San Diego Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago. All the new titles and the creative teams and what looks like the team lineups for each book. First one is the X-Men's flagship title will return in October with X-Men number one. Written by Jonathan Hickman and drawn by Lionel Francis Yu. So... It's the Summer's Grey family plus Wolverine. Reveal, uh, they'll reveal the saga of Cyclops and his hand-picked squad of mutant powerhouses. So, yeah, but it's Cyclops, Havoc, Vulcan... Cable, Cor- Corsair, Jean, Rachel, and Wolverine. That's interesting. Yep. But that also is kind of interesting. Because, you know, they all We're have- hope. Yeah, that is true. Where is Hope? Maybe maybe Hickman doesn't like Hope. But that kind of is an interesting island. They all have different power sets, just about. You know what I mean? I am sort of excited for that one. Uh, obviously, like, I listen, I love Cyclops. I really do. 
But this lineup has me a little iffy. I gotta see this dynamic, how this is gonna work out first. Especially with Vulcan in there, you know? Like, what? They could've, and they could've taken out Logan and put in Adam X. Exactly. I would've been so fucking happy if they had done that. So, I'm not, I like this. There are none that I'm like, oh, this is stupid. But I'm just, I'm not, like, jumping for joy at this one quite yet. I rolled my eyes at this. I wanna, I wanna see how this goes. This one! Ah. Oh my god! It's Marauders! So, written by Jerry Duggan and drawn by Matteo Lali. The X-Men sail at dawn. They're pirates! Uh, mutant kind faces hardships and oppression from their human counterparts. Led by Captain Kate Pride and funded by Emma Frost and the Hellfire Trading Company. Marauders Storm, Pyro... Bishop and I'm Iceman sail the seas of the world to protect those hated and feared. It's Pyro! He's in the background shooting fire in the sky. That's amazing! I'm so fucking pumped! And you know, you know that it's classic Pyro because you can see the wires leading from the the tanks in the back to his fucking wrist. And, and that's classic Pyro. I'm so fucking excited that he's going to be in this. And Emma, too. Oh my god. Oh my god! Oh, that's so beautiful. I, they're going to be pirates. They're going to be pirates. Well, why do they have to be financed by Emma if they're pirates? Yarg. <laughs> and also, Yarg. then if they're pirates, then Nightcrawler should be here. <gasps> Lockheed can be like the parrot on the shoulder with yes. the little hat. Yes. That's going to be adorable, Patty. Yes. Think about I a Lockheed in yes. a hat. I mean, I really like this team uh, minus Emma. Stop. So Plus, plus Emma. No, minus Emma. Emma plus. Minus Emma, this team looks interesting, but Kitty has a sword, so that's cool. That That is cool. Kitty has... And she Kitty, has long hair Kitty, again, thank God. Kitty is dual-wielding, Oh, Patty. I didn't even she see the other one. She is fucking dual-wielding. Yeah, she is. And she's wearing uh, a neck thing, like Bishop. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. A I scarf. Can't, I can't... A neck thing. That is not a scarf. That is a... What do you, what do you call the fancy scarf? What do you call the fancy ascot? An ascot. That's not what that she is. She is wearing an ascot because she's a fancy pirate lady. Okay. That's what pirates wear. Ascots. All right. Excalibur. Excalibur. With none of the members of Excalibur. We've got Teeny Howard writing and uh, drawn teeny? by. Huh? Yeah. That is teeny. not tiny. Oh. That is teeny. Uh, drawn by Marcus Toe, who is a great fucking artist. Mutant kind has always been special, as has their relationship with the world or worlds around them. As this new era dawns, a new connection forms between mutants and the magic of the world and that of Otherworld. Can the new Captain Britain forge a new way through the chaos with her companions Rogue, Gambit, Jubilee, Richter, and Apocalypse? What? So Psylocke is going to be the new Captain Britain. Apocalypse is hanging out with them. We're going to see Rogue and Gambit together. Hopefully they're going to be staying married. We get Jubilee in there. That's fantastic. We get Richter in there. That's fantastic. This looks like a great fucking time. This looks like a great time. I cannot wait to see this. Yeah, no, this is this is pretty sweet. Even though there's like nobody from Excalibur, I was hoping at least Megan would be on the team. Because where the fuck is Megan? I guess taking care of the baby. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about this. Yeah, that looks like a... That just looks like a really... Super dope interesting lineup. Team. It is a dope team. I cannot wait. I mean, we had seen some previews uh, over the past couple of months of Apocalypse kind of sitting with, you know, some X-Men. And then one where it looks like he's kissing Moira. And now he's going to be joining Excalibur. So maybe that's going to be his, uh, his, his sweet honey. 
I don't know. We'll see. Next is the New Mutants. Yay. Oh my god! Yeah. Co-written by Hickman and Brisson, and drawn drawn by Rod Reese. And yeah, so we got Sunspot, Wolf Spain, Mirage, Karma, Magic, and Cipher. And Chamber is back, and Mondo is there. Okay. To seek out their missing member. Who's the missing member? Cannonball? Maybe. They're going to be going to space alongside the Star Jammers. Okay, so that, that's it for the for the reading. You say what you got to say. How can we have this book when Rosenberg murdered all of these children? <laughs> he murdered every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and where's Warlock? He's on Cypher's arm. Look. No, I know, but I want a different Warlock, a separate Warlock. I don't want Doug Locke. I want Warlock. That's not, he's not totally Doug Lock. I he, know, but that's... He's Doug Armlock. I don't. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen by this time. I mean, realize this is coming, these books are coming out October, November, and Hoxpox is ending in October, right before all of these come out. So Yeah, we'll, that's we'll, what I'm really waiting for, for those series to end, so yeah. we can actually get actual X-Men books. I mean, maybe we'll have some more answers by then. I don't know. See, what concerns me, though is that look at how smiley Doug is and the warlock arm, right? When we saw him at the beginning of House of X number one, he was all smiley. He had the warlock arm. Are these still fucking pod people? Like, are these still going to be the pod people that we're like sort of getting to know? I don't believe that it's the real X-Men that we're seeing in the current day in Hoxpox. I really fucking don't. There's something terrifying going on. It's really awkward on the cover how he's just cut off at the belt. He's just floating. Oh, this is good art. I like this. All right. So then uh, Fallen Angels, Brian Edward Hill, I'm not familiar with, and art by Simon Kudransky, also not super familiar with. Um, I do really like this cover. Uh, Ashley Witter. I feel like Ashley Witter, was that the one doing covers for X-23, this recent volume? I I have no idea. Okay, so not all belong in paradise. Psylocke finds herself in the new world of mutant kind unsure of her place in it when a face from her past returns only to be killed. She seeks help from others who feel similar to get vengeance. Cable and X-23 join Quanin for a personal mission that could jeopardize all mutant kind. I think that's interesting. Fallen Angels, they're sort of like the darker characters. This seems more like an X-Force-ish type book. But I do think it's really interesting. I'm really happy to see X-23 there. Uh, I think it's neat how we've got, like, Quanin and Betsy uh, separated, and we're going to continue that going on. So that's neat. This does look like Kid Cable that we've got around, so we're keeping him, I guess. I don't know. What do you think about this one? Meh. Yeah? I don't really care about Quanin. I forgot that that wasn't Betsy anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I love X-23. Mm-hmm. Don't care for Kid Cable. Don't really care about Quanin. So, going to read it for X-23. But. And, uh, yeah, that's where I am. What I'm concerned is, and, you know, this is this is not on anybody else. It's not on the creative team. It's not on anybody other than me, is that I don't know the creative team. I, I haven't heard anything about them. I, 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 again, this is on me. I don't know them. I, I didn't read these books that they said. Uh, Brian Edward Hill is Batman and the Outsiders and Killmonger. And then this Simon Kudransky is the Punisher and Spawn. Like, I don't, you know, so I don't really know. I hope that they're good. I hope the book ends up being good. But that's why I'm a little like, yeah, I don't know about this one because I don't know at all. And then the last one, new one for Wave 1. Yes. Is, is yes. Is yes. It's yes. Written by Benjamin Percy. No idea who that is. Uh, and I don't know who Joshua Kassara is on art either. The Wolverine Podcasts, Benjamin Percy. 
Okay, he's the one who wrote it? Yeah. Well, those are awesome, so yeah. good for him. So, yeah. I'm not 100% sold on all of the cast. Excuse me. Okay, this is X-Force with Jean Grey and Quentin Quire. Yeah. I literally... With Beast, Patty. Oh, fuck Beast. Beast. I didn't remember Beast was on this. I found this out when I was drunk, remember? I do remember. Okay. And you tweeted him jizzing my pants at Benjamin Percy. I did. And he liked it. Yes, yes. All that I've ever wanted was Jean to be on an X-Force team, and it's happening. And also, Quentin Quire is going to be on the X-Force team. (laughs) And I jizzed my pants. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. I mean, uh, there's also Wolverine, who's going to be on 17 teams this year. But, uh, Colossus, Black Tom, Sage, that's yep. Sage, right? Yeah, Sage. And Domino. Yeah. So I hope that Gene kills Beast in the first issue. Oh my god! So I don't have to see too much of him. So, but I'm super excited about this. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of interesting. They, the the way it's explained in this description is it's one half intelligence branch, one half special ops. Beast, Jean Grey, and Sage on one side, Wolverine, Kid Omega, and Domino on the other. Uh, they didn't mention Black Tom, but I figure you know where he's going to be. So, I mean, I guess Jean may not be in too much of the action. Maybe she'll come in Bullshit. as... She may come in as a sort of like a big powerhouse, but I don't know. You know, I mean, it made more sense when Colossus was on Cable's X-Force. He was kind of like a fugitive. That was after AVX. You know, this doesn't seem like the X-Force squad that goes out and is willing to do the real dirty stuff that no other mutants are willing to do. The Fallen Angels do. But then again, the premise just says special ops. It doesn't say stabby shooty. Even though this is literally Wolverine stabby domino shooty. Yeah, and... uh... I'm not trying to crap on this, by the way. I'm happy you're happy. I'm happy for this, too. It's just a little weird to me. I just, I have a little bit of an issue with this cover because they put Wolverine right in front of Colossus and the colors just kind of blend in. So my eye is drawn to Colossus and I completely like skip over Wolverine unless you're looking for him. Well, look, Colossus is the big spoon. Wolverine is the little spoon. It's okay. You're going to lose them because they're going to spoon. No, Wolverine is the big knife. I think I think, I think some of this lineup is really cool though. I think it's interesting to see Gene there. Domino, Quentin, we could do without Wolverine. Put X-23 on here. Uh, Sage, that's interesting. Uh, Black Tom, that that's an interesting choice too. But he's on the left side. Hmm? So he would be on the intelligence side. I mean, maybe. Because of how it's split. It, you, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I'm at least a little excited for all of these, even though a couple seem sort of weird. But I am so excited for Marauders. Duh, you had me at Pyro. And Emma, but also New Mutants. I don't know. This is uh, this is really interesting. I'm really happy. We know that there's a Wave 2 coming. Uh, we know that Hickman has a plan for at least a couple of years, uh, depending on how this stuff sells. I can't wait to hear announcements for Wave 2, but I really just can't wait to start reading Wave 1. Um, I know you don't like this, but you know I hope that once Hoxpox is over... I can actually enjoy an X-Men book again. I hope you can enjoy it well before that. I hope things start sort of, you know, clicking with you, but we'll see. That'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and on Twitter at mutant musings. What do you think of Hoxpox so far? And which upcoming X-Men title has you the most excited? Join us next week as our summer series continues with X-Men Evolution and join us again in two weeks when we'll be discussing some new comics and some classic comics. And until then, Rasputin was right.